from the traveling snake oil salesman of yesterday to the modern how-to seminars of our age, man has persistently searched for the all-purpose, fast-acting miracle cure in hope of finding the remedy from everything from simple aches and pains to society's most life-threatening diseases. It seems man will endure any complicated formula. Mm. However, in his endless search for healing, there is one scenario humanity has intentionally overlooked. Simplicity. Although the gift of healing is as valuable as an emperor's treasure, it is as also as available as the very air we breathe. What blinds most people to this simple truth is a lack of understanding of the very thing they seek. God said light be and light was. And God spoke the animals into existence. And God spoke the plant life into existence. But when it came to humanity, God formed man of the dust of the ground. In other words, he put man in his own hands. And ever since then, he's been trying to get his hands back on you. Because just like a watch, if you've got a watch, that's proof that somewhere there's a watchmaker. And if your watch gets broken, don't you dare take it to an automobile mechanic, you need to take it to a watch creator. Because if he made it, touch somebody and say, if he made it, he can fix it. So God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The soul is comprised of the mind, the will, and the emotions. There is only one part of your triune being that came directly from God. It is your spirit. The Bible said that God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Job said there is a spirit in man. It is the breath of the Almighty God and it gives him understanding. Now, I can't preach right there, although I want to. Would you just slap somebody high five and tell him he that was with you is now in you. And at the end of that, I dare you to throw both hands straight up in the air and shout, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater than all my problems, greater than all my fears, greater than any problem that I can or cannot see. Greater, greater, greater is he that is in me right now, personally present. The very self-same spirit that invaded the borrowed tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and raised to life again the three-day dead body of the Prince of God. You don't have some third watered-down version, fourth cousin removed by marriage, kind of God living on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. Your Bible says, quickens. Uh, that means make alive. Quickens your mortal. Say mortal. Not immortal. Somebody said, well, I'll be healed when I get to heaven. You won't need it. There's no sickness there. Somebody said, well, when I get to heaven in the sweet by and by, how many of you are glad God will give you a little bit of pie while you're passing by? It's not, it's not all pie in the sky. There's a little bit while you're passing by. Well, I have victory over the devil when I get to heaven. He won't be there. What I'm teaching you today doesn't have to do with the sweet by and by and how it's going to be when you dangle your feet in the river of life. It has to do with how you're going to walk through the mess you got to face tomorrow. 
Can you believe he's a right now God? Can you believe he's an on time God? Can you believe if he made your heart, he can fix your heart? If he made your ears, he can fix your ears. If he made your lungs, he can fix your lungs. If he puts your marriage together, let no man think he can tear it asunder or devil either because greater, greater, greater. Oh, if I just had somebody to believe, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So God created man. In the beginning, man and God were one. Adam fellowship freely with his father in the brilliance of paradise. Their relationship was one of reckless abandon. There were no reassurances needed. With the cool breezes of eternity blowing around man's shoulders, these words echoed in his mind, who shall separate me from the love of God? But you know the story. Right there in the middle of paradise, Adam sided with God's great archenemy. The boldest rebellion in the human family was begun. But God came down. Would somebody say God came down? I said God came down way, way down into the midst of all that retrieval where man had wound his moral clock backwards. The image of God had been dashed to pieces. The locust and its great king had come and turned blossom into dust. With flaming sword, man was banished to the eastern plains of sterile Eden, and there he stood in jeopardy before God. Mutiny in the midst of bounty. It was a world of perfection. It was a garden paradise where the concepts of need and worry, the concept of pain were unknown. Abundance was commonplace. Can you shout amen? amen. Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the men saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. It seems reasonable that if Adam could be faithful over the little things, in time humanity would be made rulers over everything. But Satan slithered into the picture. Look up here at me and just understand that the devil always wants to mess up God's picture of you. And he's still the same devil. You need to understand this is not a recreation room. This is a battlefield. And the devil will take you to hell and kill you with a hangnail if you let him. He's a bad, bad devil. And God is a good, good God. The very first thing you need to do is write down John 10, 10. Here it is. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who came? The thief. God's not a thief. The thief came, but for to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Do you know what sickness is? It's limited death. God didn't come to give you limited death. God came to give you life. I'm tired of the church barely scratching by, barely holding on by a thread. When you're holding on by a thread, just remember, grab a hold of a thread. That woman grabbed a hold of the hem of his garment, and there was anointing enough to heal her body from the top of her head to the soles of their feet. My God shout, reach out and touch him. Here's good gospel news. Galatians 3.13 says he has redeemed us. A lot of folks act like what the devil did in the first Adam was greater than what God did in the second Adam. But I'm here to tell you today, Galatians 3.13 says he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Somebody shout redeemed. 
redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by his infinite mercy. God's child forever I am. You know what redeemed means? To return to the original state of affairs. That means if Adam had it, you've got it. That means if Adam didn't have it, you don't have it. Are you in this building with me? God came to restore. He's a restoration God. This is a restoration gospel. I'm a restoration preacher. I don't care what the devil has messed up. You need to buck up little buckaroo and understand that there's power from another world available to break you free from the snatches and the clutches of the devil. James 4, 7. Write it down. Resist the devil. You better not start there. It's dangerous to start halfway in a verse. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. How do you do that? By submitting to his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. When you submit to that Bible, you are submitting to God. And God says, having submitted unto his word, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't only mean resist the the. the the overlord of devils, Lucifer himself, it means resist demons, resist spirits, resist attitudes, resist allegiances, resist acquaintances who lead you contrary to that Bible. If you get a sickness, the worst thing you can do is call your three friends and tell them. The best thing you can do, because they're going to tell you how bad they feel about it, and, and you're going to be rehearsing that situation. You need to stand firm in your faith and do what God said do. Call those things that be not as though they are. Somebody said, well, if I'm sick and I say I'm well, I'm lying. I don't think that's true. I think the converse of that is true. If God's word is true, then for you to speak contrary to that word must be for you to speak a lie. Good God Almighty. So do what Jesus did when he walked into Jairus' daughter's bedroom. Drive the doubt and unbelief out of your way. Get rid of people that rain on your parade. Get rid of people that talk down about your vision. Get rid of people that want to wake you up from your dream. Get away from people that want to speak words that are negative and against the word of God. And when somebody says, how are you feeling today? And the doctor just said you have to die and cannot live. Look them right in the eye and say... I'm healed according to the word of God. Shout, you got to resist that devil. You see, I'm just reading the book. Bible says, here it is, give no place. What, darling? You've been in this church before. Stand up. Somebody run her a microphone back there. Right quick. Hallelujah. Here we go. Give no place. What's that word place mean? Topos in Greek. I was at Bible college. Okay. All the sisters join me. I got to learn to do that. I, I try it. it. 
it hurts my neck. Thank you. It's topos. And it means position of opportunity. Don't you dare give the devil, we used to call it a toehold in Eastern Kentucky. Don't you give the devil a foothold. If you got delivered from alcoholism, I wouldn't suggest that passing out tracks in the bar would be a good thing for you. If you got a problem looking at somebody other than your wife, don't get yourself no secretary with them false eyelashes batting like that at you who what has had it paint, plucked out and painted in and puffed up and powdered up and taken out of somewhere and shot in somewhere else. Don't get you no Barbie doll secretary. Get you an ugly secretary. Resist that devil. Are you in this building with me? You got to make a stand. You got to stand up to be seen and speak loud to be heard and tell the devil your life is off limits to everything in his kingdom. Excuse me, I'm just reading this little book. Give no place to the devil. Give no opportunity. That word place also means space. Give him no space. I dare you to say, hey, devil. Can't touch this. Oh, I'm feeling a preach today there. There is a passing through. I'm not, I tell you what's happening. I heard your Holy Ghost. What's happening is the more and more that I teach you this revelation, the more and more you get it, the more faith is rising up on the inside of you. The stronger your spirit man is becoming. Just like you exercise your natural body as you exercise yourself in faith, you feel like you could run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here it is. Here it is. Space limited, oh, I like this, by occupancy. I know you want to write that down. Just write that down. Space limited, Wendell, by occupancy. What does that mean? Well, how about this? Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But be ye filled. One translation said to overflowing. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Another passage says, when an evil spirit goes out, he goes into a dry place, wanders about, gathers up seven of his buddies, and if he comes back and finds the vessel empty, he moves back in with seven that were worse than he was in the beginning. You got to give no space to the devil. Everybody shout, no vacancy. So when the devil tries to come in with sickness, no vacancy. When the devil comes in with discouragement, no vacancy. 
when the devil comes in with a bad report, no vacancy. When somebody wants to fill your ears with gossip and wake you up from your dream, your ears will respond, no vacancy. Filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, filled with peace, filled with joy, filled with the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy. How? In the Holy Spirit. Walter. Okay, okay. Wall to wall, Holy Ghost. Can't be thinking pornographic thoughts in my brain. My spirit's searching for a scripture. Excuse me just a minute. For the weapon. This is a fight. This is a struggle. Of our warfare. Are not carnal. But they are mighty. Through God, watch me, to the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of imaginations, and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. but you must reverse it. Now come from the inside out because it all begins with a thought. Here was Satan's slithering attempt at Adam and Eve. Hath God said? That's what he asked them. Is that really what God said? Is that really what God meant? Wounded for your transgressions, are you sure? Bruised for your iniquities, are you sure? The chastisement of your peace laid upon him, are you sure? With his stripes, you are healed. Are you sure? The moment you begin to question where there is doubt, oh, write it down. Concerning God's perfect will to heal you, faith cannot exist. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. Never pray if it be thy will. If you don't know it's his will, stop praying. Shout yes. yes. Shout yes. yes. So it all begins with a thought. That thought then becomes an imagination. And once you begin to imagine it, stronghold. So give him no Say it again, can't touch this. Oh, this is important. 
Why was the devil so opposed to the new world and its inhabitants? In actuality, humanity and its surroundings meant very little to him. The devil's motivation, oh, you need to learn this. His motivation was not to get to man necessarily, but rather to get back at God. Why? Because you are made, imagio Dei, in the image of God. And since he knows he can't get to God, and since he knows he had some success getting to Eve, he's going to try to get to you. Well, what else would he do? I have two children. My wife is the sweetest most mercy-motivated person I have ever known. Mercy-motivated. Wonderful. I'm telling you, you can't hardly get her mad at you. You just can't. Unless you touch one of her babies. Now, in the moment that you touch Ashton Blair or Austin Chandler, she transforms. It's like a metamorphosis into a wild, screaming, mad woman. She'll let you bother her, but don't bother those kids. I want you to know the devil's plan backfires on him. Because the devil's plan is to try to get to God by getting at you. And God would almost rather him try to attack him as try to attack one of his kids. I want you to know whenever the forces of darkness come against you, you don't have to try to get God on your side. God has already transformed himself into a jealous father with eyes full of fury. Bear your right arm, O oh God. Flex your mighty muscle. Don't let the adversary touch your kids. Somebody give him praise. <laughs> the prophet Isaiah recounts this story. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, shout the next two words, circle them, shout them again, ascend unto the heaven, next two words, I will circle them, exalt my throne above the stars of heaven, next two words, I will circle them, sit also upon the mount of the congregation, the sides of the north, next two words, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Next two words. I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. There is a revelation in five statements in two verses. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Don't you know that when you say those two words, you are giving rise to the spirit of rebellion that has been in existence from the fall of man. It is that rebellious seed that must be taken out of the heart of every believer. It is not what you will. It is what he wills. Are you in here with me? I know I'm in trouble. 
the moment somebody begins to discourse with me and declare I will I have a right I want to that's the seed of rebellion wanting your way oh now it's gotten quiet oh I know I'm married and have three kids, but God wants me happy. You wouldn't be happy in heaven. You have a spirit of rebellion which is rooted in selfishness. I want, I want. Some of you don't want to get healed because you enjoy the... go back. When I was standing here, I was being nice. You, you, you don't want to get well because number one, you wouldn't have anything to talk about. Oh God. Number two, you wouldn't get near the attention. Shout, I will according to the will of God be well. Watch this now. Satan's selfish scheme backfired, and he, along with his deceived followers, were banished for eternity. The New Testament concludes the episode with this postscript. I like this. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. We are in a warfare, but I've got good gospel news for you. He's a defeated devil. Oh, you don't believe me or you'd be tearing the pews up off the ground. I said he's a defeated devil. I don't care what he's planted in your mind as a thought. Cast it down before it becomes an imagination. Replace it. Stop thinking about what they said about you and start rehearsing what God said about you. I dare you to say he's defeated. Yeah. In order to affect our society, God is calling the body of Christ today, shout today, to rise far above. Your Bible says arise and shine for your light, your energy, your power, your strength has come. God is calling us to rise far above the status quo of church normalcy. Oh, I can't get no help in here. We have lived in a society where right has been wrong for so long that righteousness has become the abnormal thing. I got to parenthetically insert this. I am not an abnormal person living in a normal world. I am not Get it in your mind. I am not an abnormal person living in a normal world. I am a normal person living in an abnormal world. Sickness is abnormal. Your body's cells replenish every seven years. You're not supposed to get sick and die. You're supposed to live a long life. God satisfied them with long life, at least three score and 10. You're not even supposed to start aging till you get 70. 
Why are you looking at me funny? I'm telling you about God's plan. Hallelujah. People just look at me when I get anointed like this. They just look at me like, isn't he quaint? He really believes that. I'm convinced. I've got a hold of absolute truth. And if I believe it and conceive it, I will receive it. And if it's not true, don't you dare wake me up from my dream. Just let me go on in bliss-filled ignorance. We've got to rise far above the status quo of church normalcy. I feel like driving past some churches on Sunday morning and getting a loudspeaker on my car and shouting, why do you bother? You come in sad and go out sad. You come in discouraged and go out discouraged. You come in weary and go out worse. All you're doing is wasting your time. You come in sick and go out sick. You come in not knowing the Bible, you go out not knowing the Bible. You come in with no joy, you go out with less joy. Why bother? I'm here to tell you today, we're about to have a revolution. We're about to get back where we started. God is calling us to rise far above the status quo of church normalcy. Lived in a society for so long that for so long righteousness has become the abnormal thing. Write this down, Revelation 2. The church at Thyatira. God commended the remnant church at Thyatira because they had not experientially known or come into the depths of Satan. Now make no mistake about it. The devil does have that inner circle of darkened hearts to whom he has imparted the mysteries of iniquity and the depths of degradation. Over a period of time, these doctors of damnation have worked like leaven, permeating the mindset of the body of Christ to the point that we now call good evil and evil good. We have white witches. The Bible makes no such distinction. Whether young person it is Wicca or black magic, whether it is Ouija board or seance, whether it is palm readers or card interpreters, whether it is Las Vegas or lottery. says have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness resist the devil 
Now somebody said, Pastor, if somebody won the lottery, would you take the money? Yeah, I'll clean it up. Look, folk getting mad at me now. Whether it is wicker or black magic. Come on, you want to come out? Then come all the way out. If you want to halfway God, then serve him halfway. But if you want an all the time, on time, right now God, then resist the unfruitful works of darkness. I'm not going to hang there. Are you bored? We're living today in a cackle factory. We're surrounded not just by serial killers, but by serial people. Flakes, nuts, and fruits. Come on, I'm talking about that world out there. We are not of this world. We'll be in it, but we are not of it. Glory to God. You don't believe it's crazy out there. We're living in a society that preserves nature and kisses trees and murders children. We've got the technology and know-how to build solid, strong houses and have weak, sick homes. We're smarter but not wiser. We know more and understand less. We go faster and end up nowhere. Got the technology and know-how to conquer space. We can't conquer our habits. We preserve the spotted owl and whooping crane. Murder and abuse our own children. Therefore, A door has been opened. What happened at 9-11? Somebody left the door open. What's going on in your body? Somebody left the door open. A door got opened. Spirits of Antichrist using demon spirits as vessels of vengeance, wrecking havoc, killing and stealing and destroying from international madmen like Saddam Hussein and Slobodan Milosevic and Osama bin Laden to the polished politician propagating perverted legislation, to the street punk with an assault rifle, to the so-called solid citizen who goes to church every Sunday but shakes his fist at the commandments of a holy God. 
to all the demonically deranged devotees of hardcore Satanism that come to us from the ranks of doctors and lawyers and politicians and housewives and preachers. All of this onslaught of evil is too subtle, it's too sinister to be of human origin. It must be and is the carefully calculated conspiracy of demon spirits. Give us somebody that will declare the thus saith the Lord. Give us somebody that can read chapter and verse and under the anointing of the Holy Spirit stand behind this sacred desk and declare you may not be living it today but that doesn't mean you're not getting there. God has a plan for your life. But children living in our homes, attending our churches, and populating our schools who are driven daily with destructive thoughts inspired by demon spirits. Public education used to have three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now the one you send your child to has four. Reading, writing, arithmetic, and reproductive rights. Instead of administrators, and instructors walking the hallways passing out convictions, they got to have a condom store and use your tax dollars to pay it and tell your 14-year-old that she doesn't have to ask your permission to get an abortion when she has to ask you and the school administrator will help her do it. Oh, I didn't mean to get here today. Yet they'll arrest the school administrator if somebody's got a headache or menstrual cramps, if they give them a Midol or a bear aspirin. I'm trying to convince you, you are not an abnormal person living in a normal world. You are a normal person living in an abnormal world. Paul said the reason this kind of thing would slip in would be because men would give heed to seducing spirits. We're living in a crazy world. I'm going to tell you again, we're living in a crazy world. Adultery is no longer sin in Hollywood or the majority of the church. Alcoholism has now been relegated to a disease that somehow or another you caught. It's not a disease. There's a devil loose. That's all you need to know. And he's come to kill and to steal and to destroy. He wants to wreck your life. Don't let him do it. Rebellion against church leaders seems almost justified. Temptation to withdraw from fellowship is strong. Irritation levels are running high. Patience is running low. Satan has come in great wrath to destroy your life. Presenting your mind with a multitude of inordinate fears, grotesque images flashing and burning in your imagination, draining you from peaceful and restful sleep, causing you to carry in your countenance a dark cloud of oppression. When you see these things come to pass, stomp your foot. Know that Satan has come in great wrath to destroy your life. But I got good news. I said, I got good news. Slap somebody a high five and tell them I got good news. We're about to hear it right now. We're about to hear good news right now. There is still a God that creates. 
And if he created you, he can fix you. There's still a king that redeems. He wants to return you to the original state of affairs. There's still a Holy Spirit that fills. He'll drive the darkness out of your life. There is still a prayer that is heard and answered. And there is still a victorious, triumphant church of Jesus Christ against which the gates of hell shall not prevail. Slap somebody a high five and give him glory. Come on, give him glory. Give him glory. Everybody's standing. He wants to touch you today right where you are. He created you. And everything that in you is. And today he longs to put his hands on you again. He declared, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, at the time I would have gathered you together as a hen doth a brood, but you would not because you could not. But now as a result of at the cross, through the shed blood of Jesus of Nazareth on the cruel cross of Calvary and his resurrection from the dead, there's resurrection power available to you. Do you know why young people dabble in Wicca? They're looking for power. Do you know why people dabble in pornography? They're looking for intimacy. Today, on the victory side of an empty tomb and in the shadow of a cross, Jesus stands, the giver of life. Hear him today. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. That abundantly translates this way, sufficient in quantity, superior in quality. I'm here to tell you today, I'm talking about the high life. It doesn't have anything to do with beer. It has to do with a resurrected Christ. Oh, what a joy. What a victory, what a triumph to live in this world as we ought to live. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. He wants to come into your life today. He wants to flood you. Let me, let me explain it to you. He doesn't just want to greet you and meet you. He wants to flood your life with his mighty power. He wants to give you a new lease on life. And I'm not just talking to those who have never known Jesus Christ. I'm talking to pew sitters. I'm talking to people that are not using their gifts in God. I, I'm talking to people that have sold out allowed the devil to run roughshod through your life. Oh, today, dear friend, square your shoulders, make your backbone like a T-rail, tug on Superman's cape, and declare, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, 
I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.